All right, boys and girls, this is your Uncle Jimmy coming out of your earbuds and your speakers, coming to you straight from the Rock and Roll Garage with another edition of Grease the Wheels. The subject on my mind today is the last in my series of expectations. They are your expectations, technician expectations, mechanic expectations, whichever you prefer. I know we tried to have this debate a little while ago and we I didn't really, I wasn't satisfied with the answer. You can call yourself whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You could be you. You can be a mechanic. You can be a technician. I don't really care. I call myself a technician sometimes and sometimes I call myself a mechanic. Sometimes it's only because I want people to think I'm not as good at what I do, but I say oh, I'm just a mechanic. It sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Uh, but that's one of the things that, that you have to do as a technician is to downplay your skills sometimes so that people don't ask you a bunch of bullshit. Hey, what uh, I want to talk to you about today, and just like with expectations for other uh, employees in the building, uh, these are going to be different for every uh, individual who's listening, every individual that's out there doing this job. And I want to kind of address pretty much just automotive technicians. Uh, some of these uh, points may uh, also uh transfer or loosely fit your profession if you're a technician of any kind such as a, a airplane mechanic or even a, you know HVAC guy or if you work on heavy duty uh, the jobs are different but some of the shit that you expect should be the same and if it's not maybe you should expect more the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about when we talk about expectations is what do you personally expect well when I get a job I expect to be able to First off, in my own mind and in my own capability, I expect to be able to do the job. Now, as an automotive mechanic, I would say I'm pretty much a success at that. Uh, I am employed as a professional automotive technician, have been for a while now, and work in a building with a whole bunch of other guys who are also employed as professional automotive technicians. Some are very, very good at what they do. Some are going to be good at what they do, but not so much right now, and others should probably seek other employment. So the expectations of all of these people are gonna be different. The expectations of what you want from the job, what you want from an employer, and even what you want from yourself is gonna vary wildly. And uh, sometimes you have to take things into account when you try to examine your expectations. What are your limitations? And, and those, those range from everything from not knowing how something works to not being able to be, let's say you're not ambidextrous. Let's say you're, you're right-handed and anytime you try to do something with your left hand, it doesn't fucking work. Uh, kind of like your Uncle Jimmy. Uh, I'm definitely a right-handed person. The left hand, uh, it, it can do a lot more stuff now than it used to before I became a technician, before I became a mechanic. But it's still not as nimble. I'm still not as skilled or have the dexterity of my right hand with my left. So uh, that's one of the things that I had to... Uh, find out what my limitations are. I can certainly do a lot of different things with my left hand. And then the reason that this is important and I, you know, and and as an expectation, it really isn't an expectation that you would have beforehand, but you would find out later that you might expect your left hand to do things. And guess what? It just says, uh, sorry, uh, you were looking for the right hand. Uh, but you might get into a, a situation, especially with the way the cars are built now, where everything is just packed and they're like 10 pounds of shit, a two pound sack. And you might have to remove a screw or undo a connector or even pick up a dropped fucking socket in a spot where your right hand just says, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going in there. First off, your body's 
you know, I, I mean, obviously your right hand is on the right side of your body and maybe you need to contort your body to get your left hand into a spot where your right hand could never go, you know? So, I mean, as silly as it sounds, you have to know your own limitations. You have to have expectations about your own limitations. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. And I just said it out loud and uh, realized that it doesn't really make a lot of sense but if you, unless you think about it. But seriously, uh, when, you, when you examine your own expectations, you need to take into consideration your own limitations and what you should expect based on what your limitations are or are not. Okay, now seriously, if you roll into a, a shop or a dealership and you expect to be an automotive mechanic and you're brand new, you're fresh-faced, you're right out of tech school, you've worked on maybe your mom's car, your car, a couple of your friends' cars, you've never worked professionally as a technician, you know how they work, or at least I would hope you know how they work. You probably paid you know, $10,000, $15,000 to go to a tech school, and they showed you how they work, and maybe they even let you work on some piles of shit that they had in their shop, but uh, you, know, you don't have any experience. You just have training. And so the expectation for you from other people about you is going to be low. It's going to be pretty low. And uh, honestly, uh, speaking to you as an old guy, I, I want to say this uh, in a gentle manner, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to because I like to swear and use words like fucking shit. And a lot of you new guys don't know fucking shit. Really, I mean, there's just a fucking blazingly stupid motherfuckers coming out of tech schools nowadays. And one of the problems I have with that, and I don't care, honestly, if you come out of a tech school and you didn't do that well, okay? You made the effort to go and you graduated and now you're in a shop and they're giving you a shot. Okay, that's great. If you have to work next to me and you don't know anything, I can deal with that as long as you have the proper attitude, the proper attitude. And because, and I've heard employers up and down the coasts of both sides of the United States say they need people with good attitudes. And so many fucking kids, and I can get away with saying it, okay? So many fucking kids, so many new guys roll in with some f sort of fucking chip on their shoulder, some sort of fucking shitty attitude, some sort of false confidence, some sort of, uh, you know, feeling of uh, entitlement. And I'll tell you what, I, I know I can't, but I feel like if I hit you hard enough with a hammer in the right spot, that that shit will go away. But I can't do that because if I hit you that hard with a hammer, you will probably die. I would be charged with murder. And in the state I'm in now, they would just execute me without really even thinking about it. So I'm not gonna do that. But you, you definitely, if you roll into a shop and the expectations for you are low because you're a new guy, and yet the expectations that you have for yourself are really high, and you're conceited and entitled and you have a poor attitude, you might want to expect to get your ass beat. You probably won't because there's laws against that. But uh, really, seriously, I know of, uh, quite a few people uh, who could use a fucking serious ass whooping. They're not going to get it. So when you roll into a shop, you're a new guy and you have a poor attitude and you have a sense of entitlement, your personal expectations are that no one's going to want to fucking help you. No one's going to want to talk to you. And if you want to borrow a tool from somebody and you've been acting like a jackass for three weeks that you've been there, they're just going to say, yeah, sorry, I don't have that tool or, or it's broken or no, you can't fucking use it. Or basically the old 
fucking standby for technicians. Go fuck yourself, okay? So here's an expectation that I would have for anybody who just rolled out of a tech school or just rolled out of some sort of a, a training center and is uh, showing up in your shop for the first time and and maybe has you know brand new tools maybe not even brand new tools maybe just like a very basic tool set and uh, they show up and they want to try to do the job and they're just beginning a career in this field and honestly not a lot of people last very long in this field to be honest with you it's just like being a running back in the nfl five years you're done man that's it it's over you know you lose a step and a middle linebacker can catch up to you you're fucking finished okay so as a new guy what the old guy is going to have for expectations for you is that you just have a good attitude and if you don't you're going to be out out the door shortly if you have a shit attitude so the expectation for uh, different technicians is that if you're young and inexperienced and you're trying to make it in this field and make this a career, uh, one of the expectations for you from other technicians is that you have a good attitude, that you don't behave as if you know everything because you can't possibly know everything because everything changes every day and now there's more stuff to add to the list of everything you need to know and you don't know it because they just invented it. I mean, for fuck's sake, I just learned the other day about 48-volt systems and some of the new cars I work on. Great. Didn't know it was coming. There it is, though. Hey, why is that wire purple? Yeah, that wire's got 48 volts in it. Holy shit. Okay, and how about this one? Are you ready for this one, boys and girls? Breaking by wire. Yeah. Can you think of a worse idea? I really can't, but there it is. It exists. And really, the only reason for break by wire is so that the car can drive itself, which I'm not gonna ever be a fan of i don't think that human beings should be so stupid and so busy and so preoccupied uh, that they can't drive their own fucking cars okay uh put the phone down you know turn the music down a little bit uh put a piece of paper over the control display in the fucking car and drive the fucking thing get where you're going safely by watching where you're going out the fucking windshield instead of looking down or out the side of the car or in the back seat or wherever the fuck you're looking besides where you're supposed to go okay seriously there's a lot of new shit to learn and as a technician people expect me to learn it but people expect me to know it and i've said this a long time ago is uh, I get I get systems on cars I don't know anything about. Didn't even know they existed. Find out that some guys got one where a car has a system I'm not even familiar with, and it's not working. So the first thing I got to do is figure out how it works, and then I got to figure out why it's not. And this has happened to me quite a bit over the course of the last ten years or so, and I'm used to it by now. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to go back and read a training manual for something i have no fucking clue about what it works but that's something that guess what i expect that's one of my expectations it's probably also one of the expectations of the people that i actually work for they're like okay you know we know you know i don't have to sit there in an interview and and have them say to me well you know this company comes up with new innovative ideas all the time and we're going to need for you to work on them when they don't work i'm gonna be like yeah i know i would expect that to be the way it is and without saying it it is the way it is okay now one of the things that as a technician you should expect and i can't even begin to tell you how many don't expect this you should expect for people to ask you to fix stuff that you don't want to holy fucking shit what a concept 
Who gets to work on gravy all day long? 100%. Yeah, nobody's raising their fucking hands, okay? You might get a gravy car where you get five hours worth of fucking labor sold on a car and it takes you 15 minutes to do it and you're fucking, you put it outside and you got a smile on your face you can't wipe off with a baseball bat and then the next thing you know, the next car comes in and it's got a fucking squeak or a rattle and you spend fucking six days looking for this squeak and you find that a child's toy is stuffed under the back seat and when you sit on it just right it squeaks but you just spent six entire fucking days looking for this noise and you got your ass beat hard and nobody's gonna pay you for finding a fucking rubber duck under the back fucking seat it's not gonna happen so one of your expectations should be that every time you make a lot of money on something you're gonna lose your ass on something else okay that's i expect that myself personally i got one right now uh it was a it's a leaky oil pan and for some reason, there's three bolts that go through the transmission into the oil pan. And so the transmission had to come out to uh, affect the removal of the oil pan on this particular model. And uh, it, it's it's kind of retarded, really, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, why they have to bolt the oil pan to the fucking tranny in the manner that they did. But they did. And I'm like, okay. So I just went at it. It paid a lot. It, it should have been just a total fucking gravy river where I rode the gravy kayak all the way to Gravyville. But uh, it's not going to really end up that way because I had to do a lot more work than I thought I was going to. And that's actually, honest to God, that's one of my expectations. I look up the labor time for this job and I see that it's as massive as it is. And I go, okay, there's some fucking reason for this thing to be that way. There's some fucking stupid thing that some German engineer came up with somewhere, in, probably in Munich, Germany, and said, oh, we're going to put bolts in the back of it. And so when they go to change this particular part, they're going to have to shred the entire fucking vehicle. And there it is. It's on my bay right now. Half done. <laughs> uh, but I expect that. That's one of the things I expect. Now, as, as a technician in really any shop, I made a little list of things that should be that you should expect. Now, some of the things that I have uh, written down have more to do with somebody who is flat rate than somebody who is on a salary or paid hourly. And there's a big difference, okay? If you're paid hourly, uh, if you're paid hourly, any hours over 40, you get paid time and a half. That's pretty much throughout the country. Uh, some states actually have even different, even more weird laws than that that's not really a weird law but there's some i think in california they have laws that say you have to they have to pay this that and the other thing for anybody who works more than 40 hours regardless of how they are i'm not sure uh but that state's just so effed up that people are leaving that state in in actual large numbers uh people used to emigrate to there now they're leaving there i know we have quite a few uh, californians in, uh, in the shop that I work in. I'm from New York. They have the same thing going on there. Just a bunch of stupid assholes don't know what they're doing. Running the state and running everybody out of the state, okay? But uh, as far as uh, pay goes, a lot of these parameters will fit all of them, but a lot of them fit more tightly to individuals that make flat right Now, they're, they're, if you get a job working in a shop anywhere, really in the United States at least, I don't know how it is overseas and I apologize. Uh, there's really no way for me to research that stuff uh, because every time I look up something on the internet, uh, I end up looking at porn and well, I don't wanna talk to you about porn. I could don't have a long enough podcast for that. But uh, in the United States at least, 
I would say a very, very, very large majority of technicians in shops and especially dealerships are flat rate. And that is because, and I would expect this to be true, okay? When I say expectations, I think if you go to apply to work in a, in a dealership, especially, and in a lot of shops, independent shops, they're gonna wanna pay you flat rate because it motivates you to work as quickly as possible and efficiently, quickly and efficiently. Now you would think that they go together, okay? But being efficient sometimes isn't about being quick. At least in my case, it's not about being quick. It's not about being fast because if I go fast, I make more mistakes. I'm just telling you flat out. If you say to me, hey, I need this fast, I need this fast, you might as well just say to me, hey, I need you to fuck this up so I can give it to the customer and then he can bring it back tomorrow and we can fix it right. That's what really needs to be said because my expectation is that I need to do the job right. I need to work at a certain pace, which is slower than some some other people in the shop. And my favorite thing is when other uh, technicians in the shop you know, tell other people besides me, because they would never fucking say this out loud to me to my face. Well, you're slow or you're slower than I am or I can do it faster. And I feel like just punching them in the fucking face. They go, hopefully you can heal faster, asshole. It's not about speed. Not for me anyway. Maybe it's about speed for you. And maybe you think that this is a competition, but it's not. It's about getting the job done right. So my expectation is that I want, I need time to do the job. I need time to do the job correctly. And I'm going to take the the time to do the job correctly. And I may not be as fast as some of the other technicians, but I will also pay attention to the details. I've said that a thousand times. I am very tenacious and I will get the job done and I will typically get the job done right. And it's, you think, oh, it's that, that's no big deal. I can do that too and go fast. Well, okay, great. But you're going you're gonna to cut corners, you're going to skip things, and you're going to throw filters that are brand new in the trash. And you, there's all kinds of shit you're going to do in the name of being fast as a flat rate technician. And you wanna know something? I expect you to do that. I expect you to do that. That's one of the expectations I have for other technicians, okay? They're gonna do things fast and they're not gonna do them the way they should be done. They're not. And sometimes even I don't do things the way they should be done because I find a better way or a quicker way, or maybe I'm trying to find a quicker way and it's not working out for me. That's one of my expectations. I know that in an attempt, to find a better way to do something, guess what? I found a much fucking longer and harder way to do it, okay? Sometimes repair instructions suck. Sometimes they're right on the money. And sometimes they have gaps in them and you have to fill in the gaps. And sometimes you can do something different than what they say and make it easy on yourself, okay? Um, but that's something that, you know, and you, you, I wouldn't expect that. I don't think anybody should expect that, okay? Finding uh, glitches or holes in in uh, repair instructions that you know where a job is going to pay you thirty hours and uh, suddenly you found a way around it and you got it done in three that uh, I wouldn't expect to find, I certainly would not expect to find that on a very very regular basis okay now the other ways of getting paid uh, hourly like I said earlier and I, I digress and I apologize but uh, hourly guys you get to 40 hours after that you're paid time and a half so a lot of times if you get to 40 hours someone from management who is keenly aware of how many hours you've worked and doesn't want to have to pay you time and a half will come back and say you get to go home right now and we'll see you on Monday where we'll start this whole charade all over again. And what they expect from you is they expect you to, you know, if you're hourly, and let me just tell you something right now, if you're an hourly mechanic, they expect you to do everything they ask you to do from being a janitor to cleaning the bathroom, shoveling snow out in the parking lot, uh, maybe sweeping the parking lot. If there's no work to do, if you're hourly, you're, you're kind of fucked. And if you're hourly, you should expect that. 
Um, and, and maybe, maybe, okay, if you work for good people and they say, hey, listen, you know, can you just shovel the sidewalk? Well, the sidewalk's only 25 feet long. How long is it gonna take you, 10 minutes? Is that a big deal? They're fucking paying you, you're hourly. I would expect you to do that if I was your boss. If I was the mechanic and I was hourly and we didn't, I didn't have anything pressing to work on right at the moment, I would certainly do that because the customers can't come in. You know, you don't want the customers to have to walk through a foot of snow and possibly even ice to get to your building because these are the people who are going to want you to work on their car and that's how, you know, your boss makes money and he, that's how your boss makes the money that he pays you. So I would expect if I was hourly to be asked to do basically fucking everything. And your attitude should be, okay, no problem. Okay, if your attitude is not good and you don't want to do that, you don't want to shovel the fucking snow, you don't want to take out the trash, you don't want to empty the oil drain buckets, pick up the rags, uh, pile all the sheet metal up in a corner or all the, the, the scrap metal up in a corner and so that somebody can come and take it away or maybe maybe you know pick up the brake rotors or clean the brake lathe or clean the tire machine or 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 anything really literally anything that they ask you to do if you're hourly and you don't want to do that if there's nothing to work on uh, then you, your attitude is not that great and i would expect for them to not want to give you a raise when raise time comes around that's what i would expect if i was you okay now salary that's a whole different story because I, there's probably only a handful of you out there who are making a salary. And yet, from what I hear and, and what I've seen, most of the manufacturers out there, and I'm talking about everybody from General Motors to Ford to BMW and Mercedes and Audi and Toyota and Honda and Nissan, all them, they would like to see, from their point of view anyway, they would like to see the technicians in the shop earn a salary. And there's there's great expectations that go along with that. Now, number one, if you were a salaried technician, okay, you would make a set rate of pay almost regardless of what you did, okay? Almost regardless of what you did every day. Now, your job would still be the same as if you were flat rate. Your job would be to fix the cars. Okay, but your salary. So now you don't have to run around breaking your balls trying to do everything as fast as possible. So you could pay more attention to detail. In theory, in theory, that's a great theory, Uncle Jimmy, but that's probably not what's gonna happen. There's a huge tendency if your salary to fuck off. Because after all, you're getting paid and unless somebody's like really monitoring you or riding your ass, you're gonna get paid. You know, you're gonna get paid for going to the bathroom. You're gonna get paid for sitting there uh, listening to Grease the Wheels and you're fucking off and maybe you're having a cigarette or you're having a drink even. Maybe a, a soda or maybe not a soda, who knows? Yeah, being salaried is, is, is the worst case scenario for the dealer. And I get it. I totally get it because I am able to see things from everybody's point of view. If if our if the technicians in my shop were salaried, the productivity of some of them would drop and dwindle to fucking zero. It would. And I'm sorry to say that too because the manufacturers would like to see us be salaried so that we didn't, you know, shortchange diagnosis, so that we didn't shotgun parts into cars wondering what's wrong with it, wondering if that's going to fix it. We would actually do all of the diagnosis that the manufacturer wants us to do to make sure that that is actually the reason for the concern in the car, you know? And and I'll tell you, more people that I know more people than I don't know who will shotgun a control module into a car when they have a problem. And when that doesn't fix it, then they'll figure out what's really wrong with it. And that is the reason that the manufacturers would like to see us go to salary. 
because you wouldn't do that. You'd take the 10 minutes to check the wiring, to check the fuse, to make sure the fuse is still fucking good, to check and make sure the fuse is good to both of the power uh, supplies to that control module because for some reason it's powered with uh, key on and it's powered with key off, but the, it does different things. So it's got two sets of fuses and like, oh man, if you only check one, well, you're screwed. You change the module and you find out it still doesn't work and then you find out about that second fuse and oh, <laughs> it was blowed. <laughs> or missing, which is a whole other podcast I've already done. Thank you very much. But as as a technician who is flat rate, there are certain expectations that go along with that. One of the things that you need to expect if you're going to be a flat rate technician in a shop is that they have work. Okay. And this is why a lot of people don't like flat rate because if there's a lot of work if there's plenty of work to do and the service advisor sells stuff in a fucking fairy tale land and there's plenty of work to do and it, it pays well and you can do all of it, then you're happy. You're happy as a pig and shit because you as a flat rate technician can go home after turning 10, 12, 15 hours, as many as 20 hours in a single day. And at the end of the week, when you add up all the hours that you've made and you start thinking about all the hours you actually worked, it, it works out to your advantage in in the most magnificent and spectacular manner possible. You can you can make fucking buckets of money if there's work. And a dealer loves it too because if you make buckets of money, he makes dumpster fulls of money because he's getting, you know, probably 3, 4, 5 times, maybe even up to 10 times more than you are for every hour you turn. Okay? So flat rate works really really well for you. And really, really well for the shop or the dealership that you're working for. Uh, yeah, I would expect that to be true, okay, because of the way the game is played. But when there's no work, oh my lord, you fucking lose. You lose. If you turn one hour in a day, you get paid for one hour that day. You're there the whole day. You're there all eight hours. But they don't got to pay you for eight hours. They're only paying you for one hour. And they got paid by, for that one hour too, so they lose nothing. So in flat rate, if your shop is busy, you win, the shop wins. If you're not busy, the shop still wins and you lose. And it's terrible. I don't like it. And I I would like to say that I expect for that to change sometime in the future. I don't see it changing anytime soon because it's, it, you know if your salary or if you're hourly, there's just the motivation is gone. It's just gone. You're not going to you're not going to break your ass, not like you do now when you're flat rate. You're just not going to do it. And that's the thing with flat rate. You expect there, to, and I think this is probably the, one of the most important things that you would expect if you're a flat rate technician, is you would expect there to be plenty of work. Now, this year, 2020, has been an absolute 100% capital S-H-I-T show. It has been a fucking humongous shit show. So you can't have really any kind of expectations for what has gone on this year, for what has going to transpire because of this year, because of this whole COVID-19 thing, all your expectations are really pretty much fucking shot and out the fucking door and upside down, burning in a ditch with bullet holes in it, and maybe a corpse or two in the trunk. It is just that much of a shit show, okay? So your expectations have to be modified based on economic conditions, yeah, we went through this somewhat similar situation in 2008 when the housing market went to shit. And if you weren't working then, it was about the same as now, where a lot of people weren't buying things because they didn't have money. A lot of people weren't getting their cars fixed. You know, they weren't buying new cars. And, and car dealerships and repair shops 
all across the country suffered. They suffered the pinch. But we came through it, okay? And I would expect to come through this just like we came through that. And we're going to be all right someday, but uh, we're going to have to be patient. And that's an expectation that I don't think anybody has. That is not <laughs> that is not something that that uh, automotive mechanics are used to. That's not something that they're known for. It's not something that anyone's going to hold any one of us up and give us a Nobel Prize for being patient. It's just not, we're just not patient. If we're done working on a car, we want another one, and we want gravy. We want gravy. We want gravy, and we're not patient about getting it. And if somebody else gets it, we complain like little girls about this guy being a package king or that guy getting a gravy boat or this guy riding a gravy kayak and me I'm getting fucked in the ass having to do this that or the other thing you know and one of the expectations is this is stupid one of the expectations is that I'm told I'm one of the higher paid guys in my shop okay I I get that I have transcript of training that is literally a mile long i've had i've had training that doesn't even exist anymore they train they they fucking train me how to fucking feed horses that's how long i've been doing this uh the original transportation device of human beings the horses this is how you take care of them you know and i've got that training class No, I make that up, but I have a lot of training. I have a lot of experience, and guess what? A lot of times when something comes in and nobody else has any training on it, nobody else knows anything about it, nobody else wants to do it, it gets stuffed right up my ass. And, you know, I I get it. I don't like it. I'll complain about it. I don't expect to have to work on that stuff all the time, every day. I don't. I'm lucky like that. And I have pretty good support people, and that's something that you need to expect too. And and, and I don't think it's unfair to expect uh, support. Okay, I don't think it's unfair. I think that your expectation should be, and I wrote it down here, I wrote competent management. Well, uh, that is such a, a broad, loosely fitting term, competent management. You can be, I, I think, it's tough to talk about it too because I've had so much incompetent management you know, in, in, my, in my past work experience that I'm not even sure what competent management would look like, what it would feel like, and how it would behave and how it manifests itself in my particular experience. So my expectations for management are definitely tempered by my experience with management, which has been really not good at all. Yeah, it's not good at all. I've had a a handful of managers, and I'm even talking about when I used to work in the parts department, I've had a very small handful of service managers who were even remotely capable. Uh, Most of them, in my opinion, were just taking up space, just taking up space. And the shop ran the way it was going to run regardless of what they said or what they did, okay? So uh, my expectations for a shop manager is to just kind of stay out of the way. If I have to talk to you about something that went wrong, I don't, I don't expect they have to do that. But uh, if, if, if I talk to you at all about shop issues at all, then uh, that's outside of my expectations. I shouldn't have to do that. And that's, that's my feeling on service managers. I'm not going to go too much farther in that. Uh, you also, as a tech, you should expect your fellow employees, the other, the support staff, the support personnel, the other people in the building, you should expect them to be somewhat competent too. And let me tell you, you, you cannot suffer any more than you will at the hands of a service advisor who either A, doesn't want to do their job or B, can't do their job or C, is unwilling to do their job or D, all of the above. Uh, I've talked ad, ad infinitum about how a terrible service manager can really ruin your day you, and even your career, really, honestly. So uh, an expectation would be that you have competent service writers. 
But a, a, competent, a competent service advisor is something that you should expect. But let me tell you what, don't be too surprised if you never, ever see one, okay? That's all I wanna say about that. Uh, when it comes to parts department, when we're talking about parts people, okay, you as a technician or a mechanic, whichever you prefer, you don't owe them anything and they don't owe you anything. And at any given time, they will remind you that they don't owe you anything. If you come into their parts department and you're yelling and screaming about some part they gave you and maybe it's wrong or maybe it isn't the, you know, it, well, it maybe it's wrong or maybe it isn't the right one, which is the same as wrong. Uh, if they give you a part that's wrong, you got to remember that there's so many different factors in why a part can be wrong. You, there are so many different fucking things, okay? And as a technician, and I'm not shitting you when I say this, you should expect that. Now, one of the things that I do to help eliminate the problem of getting the wrong parts is I look them up myself. I have, uh, on my computer, I have a program where I can go in and look at the, the catalog, the same catalog that they use to look up the parts for the cars I work on. And if I get something kooky, which I do on a fairly regular basis, I'll get something that's weird and I'm gonna want all the other shit that goes with it. The bolts, the nuts, the mounts, the brackets, whatever the fuck goes with it. I'm gonna want all that shit. So what I'll do is I will write down all the part numbers I need and then I will put them in the parts request and the parts department loves it. They love it because I have been wrong a couple, two, three times, but really I'm right most of the time. I mean, I was, like I said, I was a parts guy for a long time. So I'm very careful when I'm looking up parts for myself. I know what I need to fix the car. Nobody knows better than me that what I need. And if I go into the parts department and I try to explain to them what I need, I'm gonna forget something. So I'll just look it up myself, write down all the part numbers, send it across as a picked list, and they either order them or they just give an estimate on them, whatever has to happen. And then if the job gets sold or if it's warranty, I get what I need. And like I said, I'm not wrong too often. And the parts department, does they're, they're in no way to blame if the parts are wrong which is true even if they look it up, okay? Because sometimes you, <laughs> and, and I expect this, okay? I go places all the time where people have a really loose command of the English language. So if you can't explain what you need properly to a parts guy, if you use terminology that's fucking wrong, or you, you call something uh, a different name than what it's called for in the parts catalog, or if you tell them you want the right one when you really need the left one because you, you're semi-dyslexic or some shit for whatever, and then they order the part, and let's just say, for shit's sake, that that's the part that you actually need, the part number that they ordered, but it's uh, there's a left and a right, and the guy at the factory put the right one in the left box, and that's what you got, or perhaps it got dropped in shipment and a part broke off of it. That happened. That used to happen all the fucking time with certain parts with the company I work for. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons why a part could be wrong. There's a whole bunch of different reasons. And so one of your expectations should be, I think, a realistic one anyway, is that parts is kind of a crapshoot. I, I sometimes jokingly refer to my parts department as department 404, not found, part not found. They don't have a lot of stuff. You know, they can't have everything. No parts department can have everything. No parts department can have everything. So it is useless and worthless and stupid, by the way, to get mad at somebody who works in a parts department because they don't have something. It's like, look, that car, they just started building that car. It's been out for four weeks. This customer, or perhaps a salesman, because this happens a lot too, by the way, uh, broke something on that car. Now you need to get one, and I don't have it in stock because you know what? Probably going to be too fucking years before I stock that part. So now I got a special order. It's going to take who even knows how long. 
fucking week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. No sense in getting upset with the parts department. It's not their fucking fault. A, they didn't break it. B, it's not their car. C, they don't get paid enough. D, fuck you. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> that's that's the expectation I have for a parts department. I'm not, and I'm not shitting you. I expect them to not give a fuck. I really do. And when they do, it's kind of it's kind of refreshing, but only because I help them out as much as I can by looking up my own parts. So, you know, your expectations can be tempered by your own effort, your own attitude towards people who either have a good attitude, a bad attitude, or sometimes no attitude whatsoever. They're just there and, you know, like, hey, what do you need? You know, or hey, what are you doing? Huh? You know, there's just no malice in any of that anywhere, you know, except for if you have a bad attitude, that's completely all malice, okay? Now, I want to I want to go back to the beginning, okay? I want to I want to flip us all upside down and go back to the beginning. When you get hired as a technician at a at a shop or a dealership, you're brand new. Uh you're you're thinking about getting hired there. You're you've put in an application and you talk to somebody in an interview. You talk to somebody about what it's like to work there and they oh, you know, if you're talking to someone in management and especially with the uh absolutely excruciating shortage of technician style, they're going to paint you a picture they're going to paint you a picture that it is all fucking it's roses and 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 fucking tulips and dandelions it's just it's just a, a, a palace of a place to work in and and, and we're, you're treated like gold and and the pay is great and there's plenty of work and everybody's smart and friendly and knows what they're doing and has a good attitude man if you hear that if you hear some of that shit in an interview man you your, your bullshit meter should just go right off the fucking dial I mean, your bullshit meter is going to go past the peg. It's, I mean, it's going to blast the peg over and keep going because no place is like that. Every fucking place out there, every fucking place out there has a certain level of chaos. We've talked about that in the past. Uh, there's, there's some shit that works great in some dealerships and shops. There's some shit that doesn't work at all. There's some shit that works backwards. There's some shit that is never going to work properly. You know, whether it's, uh, I mean, I mean, there's a million things that could make working in a shop uh, horrendous and horrible and terrible, you know, from equipment being broken to tools missing or broken to other technicians in the shop who can't fix a sandwich and they steal your tools. They, they, they want your help all the time or they're, they're parking cars in your fucking way. I mean, it could be that simple, uh, you know, and then there's the, the support staff and they could be terrible. I mean, it really can be. And so when you go in for an interview, you have to remember that the expectations that they're going to build up for you are not going to be able to be met no matter what the fuck they say. And here's another thing too, and this goes along with expectations. If you go in and 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 you have to be you have to be smart about your own expectations too. You go into an interview and they tell you, oh, you know, we'll start you off at uh, let's just pick a, a a start off pay of twenty five dollars an hour, and you're thinking to yourself, well, that's a little low, but I'm a pretty good employee, so I'll get a raise. And you no 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 no. Here's the deal, <laughs> and I, I I really I'm I'm pretty sure I shouldn't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You go into a shop or a dealership and you get a job as a technician and they tell you they're going to pay you $25 an hour. And you're thinking in your head that, well, you know, they'll give me a raise after a year and they'll see how good I am. And they'll give me another raise a year after that. And uh-uh, uh-uh, don't, boys and girls, 
If you're an automotive technician, don't expect to get a raise. See, when somebody hires you for 25 bucks an hour, they think to themselves that, well, you know, you're 20, you're, you're, you're what, 27 years old now. And when you're 47 years old, they'll still be paying you $25 an hour. They really do. They really honestly do because they, they want to hold that payroll shit down. Okay. If you want, if you want $30 an hour and you take a job that pays $25 an hour, it's going to take you 10 fucking years to get to 30. It's going to take you 10 years unless you quit. Because, and I'll tell you, and, and this is something that, you know, I, unfortunately, uh, you can expect this to be true if you have to test this out. You can expect it to be true. This is one of the expectations that you would have if you did this. If you want a raise and the people you work for either aren't forthcoming with a raise or give you these tiny fucking raises that just piss you off or they just won't talk to you about it at all, grease the fucking wheels. It's the name of the, it's the, there's a very specific reason why that's the name of the podcast. You want a raise? and they won't give you one where you work now, leave, leave. Sometimes all I gotta do is tell them you're leaving. Just tell them you're leaving. But if you're smart, like most of us are, you already have another job lined up that's gonna pay you more. So you tell them you're leaving, you're gonna go to a place that, that uh, you know, they have more work and they pay more. And then your boss goes, whoa, I'll give you a raise. I go, it's too late for that shit. It's too fucking late for that shit. And that should be part of a service manager or a shop owner's expectations is that if somebody's going to leave because the pay's too low, if they tell you they're leaving because the pay's too low and, and, and they're giving you two weeks notice, it's too fucking late to fix that fucking problem. But there's not a single one of them out there. And I mean, yes, okay, there probably is a few of them out there somewhere who are smart enough to see that they need to have this employee in their building until they can, you know, until they retire that will actually give you pay increases to keep you happy, to keep you motivated, to keep your attitude in the, in the good instead of you know f- touching the bad all the time. There are people out there who are smart enough to, to prop you up with a raise in an appropriate manner. You should actually get a raise. I would think, I mean, obviously I'm on the wrong end of this to make any decisions about it, but I think you should get a raise every year. And I think it should be commensurate with you know hours turned and the technical ability that you have and... Uh, also, uh, how helpful you have been and if you've been sick or if you call in sick or if you're just lazy or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of different things you should expect anyway. Uh, this should be one of the things that you as a technician expect. You should expect that if you do a good job and you're good, you have a good attitude and you, and you do a great job and you can fix anything and you do and you stay late, you come in early, whatever, whatever needs to be done, you're doing it. You're a good employee. You should expect a raise every fucking year. But it's not going to happen, and I'm sorry, Ed, but that's one of the one of the harshest expectations of a technician. And I know that. I know that when I take a job, if I don't get the rate of pay I want, I'll just pass on. I don't give a shit. I had one place. I actually got hired, and when they asked me how much I wanted to make, I told them, uh, I think I was like thirty five bucks an hour. And they they there was a dead silence on the phone, but they go, uh, okay. And then later on, they change your fucking mind, which is fine. Really, they can change your mind. They should have told me they changed your mind, but they didn't. They just kind of left me hanging, and uh, it just proved to me that it was a that it was a good move to request a lot of money from these people because if this is the way they are, these fucking assholes don't deserve me to have me working for them. They can go fuck themselves. They can they can go fuck themselves, okay? They don't have the common courtesy to say to me, well, we can't meet your salary demands, so we're not interested. No, they couldn't say that. That's one sentence that says it all. That says it all, but they couldn't say that. I had to, I, I sent them multiple emails. I go, uh, what's, what's going on here? Am I not hired? You know, you don't want me anymore. You're not interested in me anymore. What's the deal? You know, and then the thing is, 
technicians in my field for, for the makeup cars that I work on that have the experience and the skill and the training that I have, they're not out there. There are none out there. So if you expect to pass on me and get somebody better than me to show up at your door and ask for a job, you're fucking dreaming. It's not going to happen. Sorry, it's not going to fucking happen. And if you expect that to happen, then you're just a fucking retard. And basically, that's what these people were. And you know what? I found out later because I met some people who actually work for this particular dealership that did this to me. And I found out that it was a really good thing I didn't work there because they were just a bunch of pieces of shit. So anyway, I digress. And I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, some of the other things you would want to expect if you are going to try to get hired into a shop, uh, obviously, the pay you're going to want, you, you expect to be paid for what you can do. You should be able to demonstrate that you can do what you said you can do in the first year. And then if you, you can do what you said you can do and you do it well, you should expect to earn a raise, maybe a modest raise. Obviously, early on, I would think a modest raise would be in the works, a dollar an hour. I think that that's modest. You know, it's, it's, it's an increase. It's not a huge increase. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to buy me a, a Rolls Royce, for Christ's sakes. If I work 40 hours, then it's $40. I mean, fuck, I can find $40 in the trunk of a car, you know? Uh, no, seriously. Uh, when you show up to a job, make sure you should expect to get paid. You should expect to have some sort of benefits package that includes uh, health insurance. Either you pay half, or in the in my case, it's provided completely gratis. It's free. It's a. Uh, it's not the greatest healthcare in the world, but it's better than nothing, and it and it doesn't cost me anything, so I really can't complain about that at all. And that's that's something that, believe it or not, has completely exceeded my expectations, and that's unusual. You should also expect to have time off, okay? Because if you do this uh, every day, every day of the week for 52 weeks, uh, you're probably gonna wanna shoot yourself in the side of the head with a handgun. It, you can't do it. You gotta take time off. You gotta take time off just to sleep in, for, for Christ's sakes. Just to, just to not work on a car, maybe to go somewhere and not even, not even see people that you work with. And you just need to do it. I did it. I'm telling you before, I, I just got back from a couple of weeks off not too long ago and I needed a vacation worse than anything. I, my attitude was just right in the fucking crapper before I left. I mean, I didn't want to fucking talk to anybody. I didn't want to deal with anybody. I had this fucking car that I was married to that was hanging around the dealership for two fucking months and I wasn't making any money because of it. And it was like, ugh, I, I was really ready to fucking just jump off a cliff. And then I go home and I come back and everything's all fucking good again. So you need to take the vacation. They need to offer it to you. You should expect to get at least a week for the first year and then two weeks, either the next year or the year after that, and then, uh, oh yeah, by the way, to uh, find out if they do your vacation time based on your uh, hire date or on your calendar date. Because if you got hired in December, you'd have a week's vacation after a month if it's by calendar year. But if it's by hire year, you'd have to wait a whole year till December to get a week off. But uh, <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it's crazy how it works. You, you know, you have to look into what your... Uh, what your vacation time is and when it occurs, when it uh, when it renews. If it's first of the year, you're in luck. Also, to uh, paid time off, paid sick time, paid sick time. It it's important. I mean, you know, you might you might smash a finger and need a couple of days off to let your finger fucking stop swelling. For Christ's sakes, you could get something in your eye, need to go to the doctor, and the doctor says, "Don't open your eye for a fucking forty eight hours." What are you gonna do then? You know. Also, too, one of the things that I expect. And uh, I've been pretty lucky in my experience with the with the dealerships and the shops that I worked at. Is I, I want to use the shop 
for my own personal shit, okay? Because I have my tools at the shop and the only way I can really work on my shit when I'm not at the shop is if I took all my tools with me. And let me tell you something, if I started to wheel my toolbox out of my shop that I'm in right now, somebody would have a heart attack somewhere because we we keep losing techs. We we get up to about 20, we should have about 40, we get up to 20 and then it drops back to, you know, 19 or 18 and and, and then we have to start all over again. I mean, we've had a lot of techs come and go and it's just the way it is. I mean, and, and that's an expectation too is that you should ex- you should expect people to come and go and uh if you don't, uh, you, you're going to I just going to tell you flat out you're going to be fucked. You know? You got to you got to meet their expect. This is this is what it comes down to. When I talk about tech expectations, people, is you you expect things, and if you're not getting them, <coughs> bye bye. I'm going to grease the wheels, uh, and then it may be that you're not telling the management in your particular facility or the people who are in charge of paying you what you expect, what your expectations are, and I, and I get it. A lot of people don't do that. They're kind of passive aggressive when it comes to that shit. But you know, you, you tell these people what you want what you need. You say, look, I want to make 35 bucks an hour. Oh, well, we can't do that. Okay, great. See ya. Bye-bye. In the world today, I'm telling you, there's there's such an absolute, here we go again. Here we go. Here we go on Uncle Jimmy's rant. There is an absolute excruciating shortage of technicians. It is, it is excruciating, people. There's nobody out there. And yet the shops still treat us like we're just cannon fodder like we're just fucking as common as dandelions and we're not and at some point in time they're going to have to wake up and and really the smart ones will come back and find out what our expectations are of a shop and of management and of the support staff and of the financial situation that we are in you know as far as the money that we make and they'll decide that if they want to keep running a shop that fixes cars correctly and efficiently with certain personnel, then they're going to have to fucking fork over. And I expect, I've expected that to come along a lot sooner than now, and it still hasn't come along. So one of, that's one of the expectations I have that is, that is not being met. All right, well, I've, I've talked long enough about expectations. You know, and, and one of the things that I think that you all should do, and I do this on a regular occasion, is write down what it is you want. Just write it down. Write down on a piece of paper. I want... This, 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 and this. And, and and then ask yourself, can I get that working where I work? Can I get what I want if I continue to work where I work? Or do I need more money? Or do I need a shorter commute to work? Or do I do I need to actually leave the business even? You know, do I need to do something completely different to get what I want? Now my list of wants is, is, is simple and small and it's easily met. So I do what I do because I love it. But I know a lot of you out there don't love it. A lot of you out there, some of you feel trapped. And if you have expectations that aren't being met and you feel trapped, uh, you need to just go on the internet and start looking at jobs. Really, just go out and start looking at other jobs that are out there because you might think that this is the only thing that you can do, but you would be absolutely completely dead wrong. But that's a whole nother podcast. That's a subject of a whole nother podcast, which I'll probably do you know, in a little bit here, is other jobs that you could get there's a bazillion of them, okay? I can think of three or four dozen that I would like to do besides what I do now, but may or may not increase my uh, financial standing, okay? And if I decide I wanna do them, 
I'll quit and go do them. And I would expect that from myself. I know that you would expect that from me. As long as you keep doing the podcast, Uncle Jimmy, for Christ's sakes, we can't live without you. Oh, I got to tell you, let me, I want to finish this. I've been going on for a really long time here, and Eric's going to be pissed at me because it was so long. We did the, I did the podcast a while back here on Pride. I think I actually had the COVID-19 while I was doing a podcast. I did not feel well. I did not sound well, but I'm fine now, okay? Your Uncle Jimmy's alive and well, whether you like it or not, goddammit. But let me tell you something. That particular podcast was called Pride, and it was about how you have pride in what you do and, and how you do it, and, and maybe pride in you being able to do something that other people can't do. I did not realize how much of a nerve that I touched there. And then when Eric came along and posted that picture of the, the, the I don't even know, it's from a movie, I'm pretty sure. I don't know which one, because I don't watch a lot of movies, but it's a picture of a guy standing on a balcony, and he's got this look on his face like he is the best and the meanest and the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And then it, and the caption was, another shop couldn't fix this car, but I came along and fixed it. And you guys killed, killed the Facebook page with stories about how you took a car that came in from another shop, they couldn't figure it out, and you did. And I fucking loved it. I loved it. And I want, I want to get... I, listen, if you guys are going to send me stories like that, and please, I'm trying to encourage you to do that, okay? Because Facebook's got plenty of fucking bandwidth. Just go in there and, and write me the story. As I'm going to do a podcast on some of the repairs that you guys did that other shops couldn't figure out, okay? And and, <laughs> and I tell you, the, the stories I got, I got, there was probably two dozen on there, maybe more. Okay, and you could, I think you can even go on and read them if you want. Go on to the Grease the Wheels Facebook page and, and, and just look. They're all there. And, and some of them are just stunning. And, and some of them are great. And you guys, you guys really actually do have mountains of fucking pride, especially when you do something that somebody else can't. And I loved it. I loved it. I know that there's people out there. I know that there's people out there who fixed problems I couldn't. And I know that there's quite a few things that actually I fixed that other people couldn't. And maybe, you know, you might just say I was lucky. And, and actually, I would agree with you. But <laughs> but isn't that the best thing in the fucking world? And that's what I want. That's what I want to get from you guys. So if you have a story like that, by all means, sit down. I don't care about the spelling. I don't care about the syntax. I don't care if you have a whole paragraph that is one sentence. I don't give a shit. I'll get through it. Believe me, I'm a technician. I can read technical manuals and spot the misspelled words. And what, I, what am I going to do? I still got to read it, you know? So write me the stories. Tell me the stories about how you fix something nobody else fucking could. And I will read them and I'm going to find some of the best ones and I'm going to paraphrase them on this podcast sometime in the future. Uh, I might do it as a Christmas special even. I think that that would be very cool. These people are especially gifted and here's why. And that's the Christmas grease the, <laughs> grease the wheels. Hey, also too, I'm working on uh, just to kind of throw this out there so that you guys can have it in the back of your head. Like I said, 2020 was a shit show and a lot of stuff that we wanted to do just fucking faded away and fell by the wayside. And I'm very angry about it. But uh, in 2021, I am definitely, 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 one more time, definitely going to make a, a major effort to get out into the world and see some of you guys. And I've got some ideas out there. Okay. So I'm going to need some input from you guys because what I'm thinking is pretty crazy, pretty weird pretty unusual but it's still cool and we'll all get to interact and hopefully I can 
scrape together the funds to get some swag put together to give you motherfuckers when I meet you and uh, we'll talk to some of you and maybe put some of you on the air. I don't know what we're going to do yet. We're still thinking about it, but we're thinking about it enough in advance so that if 2021 doesn't become a fucking 2020.20, then we'll then we'll get it done. We'll get it done and we'll get out there and we'll put We'll we'll put us we'll put ourselves in the street and we'll let you throw stuff at us and talk to us and yell at us and scream at us and laugh with us and drink beer with us and whatever whatever else you want to do you know so <clears throat> that's coming up so look forward to 2021 being a hell of a lot better of a year how's that not possible right all right now I want to get. Uh, oh god damn it let me try that again i want to get out of here and the way i do that is the same every fucking week i just go see ya